Every day in many parts of the country, there are more telltale signs of the fall season. Weather is cooling, leaves are changing color, and many are preparing for holiday traditions. It's also a busy time for farmers across the country. We're about to get updates on harvest and how growers can best prepare for a prosperous new year. Welcome to Redox Grows, an in-depth look at key issues affecting agriculture. I'm your host, Jim Morris, with Redox Bionutrients in Burley, Idaho. This is one of the busiest times of the year for farmers, so let's find out how things are going. Mitchell Yerksa farms with his family in Northern California's Sacramento Valley, a region near and dear to my heart, and he joins me remotely. Thanks so much for the visit today. Jim, thanks for having me on today. So tell me about River Vista Farms. I have had the good fortune to drive by your orchard several times along Highway 45. It's a beautiful, productive area. Sutter Butte's right in your backyard, the world's smallest mountain range. So you're a diversified farm operation. What crops does your family grow? We are a fifth generation farm in Calusa, California, which is one hour north of Sacramento. Currently we grow tomatoes, wheat, rice, corn, alfalfa, squash, cucumber, watermelon, cantaloupes, prunes, walnuts, almonds, pecans, sunflower, and safflower. Now we are finishing up vine seed harvest. So we're finishing harvesting our spaghetti squash, our gourds, our watermelon. We just started walnut harvest. We're about to start uh, rice harvest and we're just about to start pecan harvest. There's always challenges in agriculture. Unfortunately, this past year has been pretty tough, especially in California and in the Sacramento Valley. What are some of the impacts that you and the region have faced this year? Ourselves, like many others, lost many of our almond crop. We lost up to 40% this year due, due to frost, cold out, you know, cold weather right during bloom. And like many others, we were very short on water this year. Uh, majority of our water that comes for our irrigation for our farm comes from the Sacramento River. And the Sacramento River was very low this year, as was the Shasta Reservoir. And so it was very touch and go if we would even get our crops in and if we get to get them all the way to harvest. We were lucky that we were able to make it through, but many others, including many rice growers, were not able to, which is really, really hard in our community and other small communities like ours. Yes, Calusa is the nation's number one rice producing county. The acreage drop, I believe, was more than 80%. The overall rice crop in the Sacramento Valley, a decades-long low. I'm really hoping and praying for rain, but in the immediate sense, when farming suffers like that, what is the impact to rural communities and consumers? Well, that's the point we've been trying to make for many years now, especially during these droughts is when the farmers don't have water, when the farmers are not allowed to plant or grow or harvest, so many other sectors of our communities are hurt, whether it be the, you know, the supporting industries, your crop dusters, your chemical companies, your, you know, custom growers, your custom farmers, you name it. And every bit of it, the bankers, the, the, the restauranteurs, the 4-H clubs, the high schools, you name it, all of them are affected when we're not able to do our jobs. And just one example of how consumers are affected, uh, California is the nation's sushi rice producer. So when there's a reduced crop, that certainly has an impact at the retail level too. Looking at uh, some of the interesting things that you do, and I don't know how you do all of it, but you're a pilot. You've taken dramatic shots of the region. So I want to mention if, if people want to follow you, what's a Yerxa, Y-E-R-X-A on Instagram. You're an excellent follow. So when you're airborne, and you capture those images, how much more perspective can you get than from a ground level? I compare it to every other part of life. If you can see something from a different angle or a different perspective, 
you have a whole different understanding than you did before. And so when you're on I-5 and you're driving north and you're looking to the west and you don't see a rice plant field planted, okay, it's one rice field. But when you're up at 1,000 feet, 3,000 feet, and you look down and you can see for miles and not see a single acre planted for miles, it gives you perspective that there are many, many farms and many, many parts of this community that are going to be dramatically affected when for miles there's not a single acre planted. So you're already a very diversified family operation, but I understand that you personally have reached out and have a new endeavor. Can you talk a little bit about that? My college roommate's family is one of the, uh, a larger dried fruit company. About a decade ago, they realized there was all these wasted cherries and wasted blueberries that were bruised or blemished, not anything wrong with them. Earlier this year, they came to me and said, would you be willing to help us get a dry yard started? And I said, absolutely. And so we took over a dry yard that used to be used for prunes that is no longer in, in use. And so now we're taking hundreds of thousands of pounds of fruit that would have otherwise gone to landfill that now is going to be dried and used as a shelf-stable, no-sugar-added, upcycled fruit for snacking in your family. I don't know how you and your family do it. The diversity is amazing, and now you're adding something else. But I think using products like you just described is great because that's part of, I think, sustainability. You're getting the most out of every pound of fruit that's out there. So we are at fall. You have more crops that you're harvesting, but hopefully there'll be a break coming. So how does your family farm handle when you enter the holidays and you look toward 2023? Every year, once we get to December, we give the entire ranch off a month. And that way, everybody that works with us gets the chance to go home, see family, do what they want to do, have a mental break. And for us, it gives us a chance to do what we want to do. But not only that, it gives us a chance to really kind of synthesize ideas and really give ourselves a little more time to think about ideas. And for example, last winter, because of our break during winter, we realized why not move to single line tomatoes instead of double line tomatoes. And actually, our yields were just as good or even better this year with less input costs because we're using less labor, less cultivation, less hand hoeing, and less water and still getting equal yields. But we did that because we had a month off to actually really consider, could we still do something good with less inputs? And that's what I think a, a winter break, a long break gives you is a chance to actually think longer than five minutes because you don't have the phone ringing, you don't have problems, you're not putting out fires as all of us know is every single day in your life. Well, that's great. I'm really hoping and praying for a wet fall and winter for California and all those that are suffering through drought. I sure appreciate your insight, Mitchell. No problem. Thanks for having me, Jim. Jared Sanner is an agronomist with Redox, certified crop advisor, pest control advisor, and one of my go-to people for agriculture, he's incredibly knowledgeable. He's joining me remotely from California's San Joaquin Valley. Thanks so much for your time, Jared. Hey, Jim. Really good to be here. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And so harvests are wrapping up in many areas of the U.S. And I know it's tough to be too general. I just spoke with a grower in Northern California about some of the issues California's had this year. Any broader themes when it comes to 2022 for U.S. agriculture that you can comment on? You know, just out, out here west, I, I would say, you know, it's it's been a definitely challenging year with uh, our input costs really just 
really out of control in a lot of areas. So that's been a real challenge at the grower level, at the, uh, the ag retail level. Uh, it's really been tough decisions that have had to be made and really fighting for maintaining that profitability has been top of mind for everybody. Uh, the season weather-wise, Mother Nature threw us some, some difficulty. We had some heat. We had some cold early that caused problems. Uh, so it's, I'd say it's been pretty challenging here, uh, honestly, to make the most of it. But we're, uh, we're wrapping things up well under harvest for most of the crops and uh, looking forward to putting this one to bed. Looking at the West specifically, then I know that it's been a very poor water year, not nearly enough for growers to grow full crops throughout much of California. And there's also the issue of salt buildup, I believe. So comment a little bit about that, how significant that is in terms of the longer term farming and what growers might be able to do about that. That's a great point. We have been under drought conditions here the last couple of years and, and intensifying in some areas, depending on where you're farming, where your ground is, what your water source is, what the groundwater uh, quality looks like and your surface water, obviously. So we are having more and more uh, growers, customers, um, consultants uh, talking about this issue that they're seeing. Uh, sodium levels creep up, difficulty moving water through the profile and really that late summer really starting to catch up to them. So what, that's been a conversation we're having right now is we're analyzing how we did, uh, what needs to change for 2023, knowing the water situation isn't likely to improve in many of these uh, districts or these areas. Uh, so we're looking for some amendment type strategies, some winter leaching uh, programs. We're looking to really improve that to get them started in that spring. Whether or not we get good water uh, this this winter, moving to spring, we'll have a, a better strategy moving forward to make sure uh, we move those salts through that profile and give the plant a better opportunity to grow well early on. And I know that it is a little early. You mentioned that there's some things that need to play out on that. But assuming that, that salt buildup is a key issue for the soil, are there some redox products that can help? And we've got, I would say, three products that really help in this situation with, with salt and moving water. Uh, mainstay calcium, Pinacal is one where it's a 10% calcium material with surfactants helping water move appropriate through the profile to really flush out uh, salts that build up. And then that mainstay calcium also obviously is a nutritional calcium, but also helps open that soil profile as well because of the calcium that's delivered. That's a 20% material. And when you're looking at soil health as a whole in a greater sense, you're really trying to build that microbial activity, open up soils through that carbonic acid and reaction to soil that can really improve tilth in that rooting zone. And H85 is one of our foundational products there across a broad range of pHs can help buffer salts, but also really help improve the, the tilth and arability of that soil as, as uh, you're going through that season. So those are our three products there that we tend to define or, or create programs around to help growers. As the harvest wrap up, growers will be looking at the new year. What are some of the things on their minds from a U.S. perspective? Yeah, I think you want to uh, really decide, okay, what went well this year? What are some changes, whether it's uh, management things, cultural things, inputs? I mean, there's so many decisions that go in growing that crop. You're really trying to reduce the volatility, uh, reduce your risk as much as possible, not knowing uncertain whether price that you're going to receive on the crop, uh, what your input cost might be in that 2023. So you're really trying to watch that carefully. You're looking for something that's, you know, uh, get some consistency, some reliability, and not have this big swings. Uh, that's where you're trying to uh, really minimize that and flatten that out as much as possible to to make sure you can survive this market storm that we're in right now. 
And I'm glad that Redox can help with that reliability, efficiency, and return on investment, which are so critical to agriculture every year, especially times like these that we're having right now. So for those who do take care of their soil and their plants, how better positioned will they be in 2023 if they make that effort in advance of the next season? Yeah, I think anybody who's really being proactive about plant soil, looking forward to next year, making some tweaks on whether it's an IPM, your your pest management, your fertility, your irrigation, uh, the growers that I work with, consultants that I work with, those that do that best really do flatten out that volatility as far as far as crop and yield and quality, really consistent quality throughout the years and able to to handle sometimes the curveballs that Mother Nature throws at us because of the uh, the resiliency, the soil, if there's a parental grade, like vines, trees, uh, the health of those trees going into the season typically is better and can withstand that early stress and hit yields uh, more consistently compared to others that are maybe late to the game, not keeping quite a close eye on things or watching their soil fertility levels and their salts. Uh, that really can catch up on you and, and start reducing yields over time. Those are more proactive. I see they're, they're more consistent in that approach year to year. Well, I'm hoping for fewer curveballs, but preparation is certainly key in agriculture. Thanks so much for your insight, Jared. You bet. Thank you. We'll stay in California a little while longer as we're visiting remotely now with Redox agronomist Justin Rose. I'm pretty amazed here we are in October and your temperatures in the southern San Joaquin are hovering around 90 degrees. Nice to visit with you, Justin. Yeah, thank you for having me, Jim. So we've heard about some of the factors that have made this past year difficult in California. How were things for growers in your region? We have some success stories, and then we have some not-so-successful stories. Uh, But overall, majority of growers are optimistic looking forward. Um, Some commodity prices are going to keep on going up, where others are slowly creeping up. The price of doing business is going up as well. So now a lot of growers are they're risking more money to make the same or less margin. So that's an interesting factor moving forward. Um, but I'd say overall, guys are optimistic. Well, that's good to hear. But we also want to do everything we can to make sure 2023 is a good year for our farmers. And salt buildup is an issue. As we look at very dry times in California, Jared mentions Mainstay Calcium, Pinnacal, H85. Are those uh, the products that you work with the growers on this issue? And what are your thoughts about its efficacy? In my region, the southern San Joaquin Valley, there's a lot of salt issues. Um, A lot of growers are using groundwater, bringing up salty sodium, bicarbonates. Um, And a lot of them are positioning, you know, in the places of low calcium, they're positioning Pinnacal and Mainstay Calcium there to help build that soil structure to help move salts through it. Um, In other regions where they're not able to hold the moisture, that lighter soil, we've been able to combat the salt buildup with H85, you know, using the combination of a high carbon product of Humix and Fulvix, one to help buffer salts out and then two to make uh, the nutrients needed available. How gratifying is it for you to see when you're working with growers over a longer term that you're starting from a new place every year. They're seeing successes and they're only progressing from those points. Yeah, Jim, um, we have a grower that's now on a three-year hybrid redox program with a couple of uh, you know, traditional unit fertilizers. And year over year coming out of bloom and you know going in, the grower can't believe the turnaround in his orchard because of the high carbon products. 
That's fantastic to hear. Well, very nice to visit with you, Justin. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, Jim. Take care. Joining me remotely is Jason Cook, Redox agronomist in Idaho. Jason, I really appreciate your time. Yeah, glad to be with you, Jim. Look forward to our conversation here. And we're in Idaho. Potatoes are being harvested, so I got to start with that. How are things looking? The potato crop looks really nice. Maybe a hair small in places, but the quality is uh, second to none this year, and that's uh, pretty exciting for the conditions, the environmental scenarios we dealt with this year, hot, dry. So we're pretty pretty happy with what we're seeing coming in. I've got my fry sauce ready to go, so that's good news for me personally. We're into fall here, and we have harvest like potatoes, other big crops throughout the West. And what are some things that growers are looking at right now that might be issues that they can address to have a prosperous 2023? You know, going into fall, obviously the crop's coming off. It's kind of a, a good time to reflect on what worked, what didn't. And then, you know, obviously start implementing those preparations for next year's crop. One of those things that we really pay attention to is uh, soil preparation, especially for potatoes. And I think this is applying more and more, you know, as we look at some different sustainability scenarios, but looking at how we how we take care of our soil and implementing strategies that kind of promote more health type benefits, more nutrient cycling type benefits. One of those scenarios is, uh, you know, looking at crop residue and how we're managing that as far as what's being taken away, you know, for example, in wheat straw or barley straw, how much uh, organic material is being pulled away from the farm and what has to be replaced to help balance soils and keep, keep the system functioning. Anything you can do to help the soil will pay big dividends as we move forward. So I'm glad that that's a focus point. And I've also heard that stock degradation in corn may be a bit of an issue. Can you comment a little bit about that? Yeah, you know, for us in row crop, uh, we right here in southern Idaho, big dairy industry, a lot of silage corn gets uh, put away every year, which leaves a lot of a lot of stover corn crowns. You know, that root mass, that root ball that stays in the soil, that has to be dealt with, especially for the potato guy that's going into potatoes following corn. That root ball, you know, those root crowns, they tend to be problematic in terms of foreign material showing up in next year's potato crop going into going into storages going into harvest we want to eliminate or minimize the amount of crop residue that's showing up as what you know a lot of the processors classify as foreign material so the better job we can do this fall in helping reduce or degrade those uh you know corn crowns and even crop residue for that matter is a is a benefit for next year at at harvest time. So we're we're truly beginning somewhat with the end in mind here. Primary focus, you know, is stubble digestion applications. There's a lot of a lot of companies that promote different biological inputs to break down crop residue. We've seen tremendous improvement in soil health, you know, and soil quality as we focus on some biological input paired with some of what we offer at Redox in, in carbon inputs as well that help drive biological product efficacy. It's kind of a win-win on both sides. We don't necessarily offer a direct biological input um, from an inoculation or an inoculant standpoint, 
but we do supply those products in the marketplace that help enhance a lot of the actual live microbial products being sold. What products are we talking about that Redox has that will help? We've seen tremendous improvement in, in applications utilizing H85. You know, it's a, a humic acid, long, short, medium chain humic acid type material. Huge, huge carbon benefit from that particular product. Uh, we've seen benefit from uh, fulvic acid materials. We sell one called F70 that's been a nice benefit to helping increase microbial presence in the soils. Just, uh, you know, an initial food source that helps sustain that microbe until it can really synchronize with the soil and get to a situation where it's digesting some of that cellulose and lignin that's coming out of these crop residues. So Jason, when we look elsewhere and specifically to the Midwest and nutrient cycling, tell me a little bit about that issue and how we might be able to help with the process. You know, from my experience, just dealing with a few guys in the Midwest, a lot of corn acres, a lot of stover that has to be managed. You know, as we look at the economy of the world today and the fertilizer markets, there's a lot of value tied up in that crop residue, corn stover, for instance, that's just sitting on the soil surface that if we can get incorporated back into the soil and get into a nutrient cycling type of scenario where we can recover some of the nutritional value that's tied up in that stover, there's a net benefit that we could capture going into next year's crop that could potentially help reduce, you know, next year's inputs. That's a primary interest amongst growers, amongst agronomists and consultants, is how do we effectively capture those dollars that's tied up in crop residue. Thanks so much for your time, Jason. Great to be with you, Jim. We wrap up our remote interviews by hearing from Redox agronomist Jeff Yoder in the Pacific Northwest. He comments on carrot seed and the steps taken to have a successful crop. Carrot seed is a pretty fun one to work with because it's what's known as a biennial seed crop, which means when you plant it, it grows vegetative. So carrots and onions are the same. When you plant a carrot seed or an onion seed in your garden, you get a carrot or an onion. Now that plant has to undergo a process called vernalization where it overwinters and the cold triggers a mechanism in the plant where that plant then comes back in reproductive growth mode. So a lot of carrot seed is planted up here in August and then you grow little baby carrots. Those carrots get overwintered and then after that vernalization cycle next spring they'll start growing reproductive mode and they'll grow a flower we can cross-pollinate and get some hybrid carrot seed. So a lot of that carrot seed was planted up here in mid-August, and we made really sure to include in our fertility programs some products like Rutex. Uh, we want to drive fine root development and root growth so that you have part of that plant where you can store carbohydrates. So that you're storing energy in that little root and then when you come out of vernalization out of the winter, you have that stored energy in order to push top growth and get some leaves out there so you can get photosynthetic area in the leaf and create more energy and create your crop. 
I also spoke with Jeff about one of the foundational aspects here at Redox Bionutrients, the dividends that come from developing the strongest possible roots. One of my main philosophies is to grow better plants, you have to grow better roots. A uh, strong foundation of roots underneath that crop gives you more root interception zones, uh, more area covered to pull moisture from. If you have times of drought stress, I get the rebuttal all the time that, hey, we're not growing roots, we're growing apples, but in order to grow apples, you need roots. Uh, so that investment in a strong foundation of roots pays big dividends. That will wrap up this episode, although rest assured we'll have much more in the coming weeks about how growers can best prepare for the next season. Thank you to Mitchell Yerksa, Jared Sanner, Justin Rose, Jason Cook, and Jeff Yoder for their insight. You can find out a lot more, including product information, blogs, and all of our past podcast episodes at RedoxGrows.com. Please keep listening and tell others your feedback is very important and much appreciated. Thanks for listening.